to am my name is Richard Conway and this is the platform for age group multi-sport athletes to showcase their journeys featuring Paul Maynard and we're now in 2021 and let's hope that 2021 is going to be a bit kinder to us than 2020 was. I hope you're all well and um, you've started your training for the coming races in this year's calendar. Uh, we're all going to be positive and the races are going to take place and we're all going to smash this. So that's my little bit of PMA for this episode. Moving on to Paul's story. Paul was an active kid playing multiple different sports as he was growing up. And in his teenage years, he um, had a pretty bad leg break, um, broken in a couple of places, I believe. Uh, while he was playing rugby, and that put him out of action for nearly two years. Um, and all he could do was just whiz about on his bike and with his mates and I think that's stood him in good stead for um, his multi-sport adventures as he's uh, cycling is well the strongest part of his multi-sport um, running being his least favourite which he openly admits um, but he didn't really start multi-sport until he did well he completed the Land's End to John O'Groats feat and that not being big enough, he decided that after that he wanted to um, do an Ironman. So he completed Ironman Bolton. Um, wasn't so keen on the running, just did an Ironman, had a marathon at the end of it, but not really keen on running. Didn't feel he was very good at it. Um, so then he tried to qualify for GB at um, Aquathon. So strong swimmer. Good biker, as we've always said, use your strengths um, and try and qualify. So that's what he did. Um, but he's not the only one in his family to do multi-sport. Paul's got two daughters um, that also have done 40 triathlons between them. So it's a right family brew. Um, and so Paul discusses his journey so far and what he wants to do in the future regarding... Um, this long journey that he's on and the process to get him there which is quite refreshing to hear but it's not all instant gratification that he's after he knows it's going to take some determination and hard work um, so yeah I hope you enjoy this um, chat that we've had and um, yeah we'll see you on the other side Hi Paul How are we doing? Not so bad, how are you? Yeah I'm good thank you good. Not bad at all so you, Not bad at all. Yeah, nice one. Nice. Thank you for coming and uh, agreeing to do this. That's all right. No problem. Looking forward to it. Good, good. How's uh, things going? Yeah, they're going all right. Um, not too bad. This lockdown seems to have been going on forever. Which, yeah, this the year's been a long time, pretty much since we've been in it now. So, um, yeah, 
nothing much has, has changed in some respects from my point of view. I work quite a bit from home anyway. Right. Um, so I was working probably pre-lockdown, probably three days a week at home anyway. So mm. since that's all happened, yeah, it's all been, all been pretty much working from home, homeschooling um, and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. So, so what, is it, what is it you do? So I work for Coca-Cola. Um, oh, all right. Next year is my 20th year. 20 years ago with a red Vauxhall combo van that had 70,000 miles on the clock. It sounded like a tractor. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I gradually over the years worked my way up and, um, yeah, working commercial de- well, commercial brand development now um, down where we're home-based, but our office is down in down in Uxbridge. Right. So, um, and where's home? So, yeah, 20 years. So home for me is in, uh, in Selby. Right. So in Yorkshire, sort of halfway between... Um, sort of Leeds and, and Hull. Uh, we're about twenty minutes away from yeah. from York, so yeah, I know. Yeah, we've been here for about sixteen years now. We'll just ease into this, and you can tell me a little bit about your background and what you did as a kid growing up, and how you got into multisport. Yeah, so as I mentioned, I, I grew up in Hull. Um, I guess sport was a big part of my childhood growing up. Um, you know, I, was, I wasn't probably the most academic kid, but I, um, you know, sport was just a massive way of life for me. I, I loved the football, the rugby, the tennis, the cricket. Um, you know, played for Hull City Boys when I was younger. Um, played cricket for the county, played tennis for, for the county as well. So, mm-hmm. played at pretty good levels as I was growing up. Um, I really supported parents and grandparents that would ship me here, there and everywhere, you know, across the, across the county. So, it was... Yeah, really happy memories, you know, doing all of that. And, you know, cycling was, I guess, that's where it all started for me, I guess, from the, from childhood. You know, I remember getting the first bike of a rally Mustang, <laughs> like the maroon-coloured one, and still got pictures of me flying down the drive, um, you know, when I got that on Christmas Day. And then, you know, a few years on, got the Claude Butler, and then, you know, corner mountain bike. And so, the, I guess the cycling part has always been in the background with me, you know, flying around on summer holidays and, you know, after school and, yeah. and things like that. But, um yeah, that, I guess that was a big part of my childhood. The, the you know the, the playing sport kind of things. It came to a bit of an end when I was uh, when I broke my legs. So I broke my tibia and fibia. Got tackled by two prop forwards, and Oof. yeah, that put an end to it for for a, for a good couple of years. And um, I was in pop for sixteen weeks. So um, uh, yeah, it, it was sort of you know I got back into into playing the sport, but not as I did yeah. sort of previous to that as well. But that, I guess the one thing that remained was uh, was a cycling. I, I just had a love for cycling and. Did you watch cycling as well? Were you interested in in that side of it? Um, I, I probably didn't. No, not as much. Um, I probably watched the Tour de France and things like that. But for me, it was more a, uh, you know, just the it was the I guess the the machine that got me from yeah. A to Z. And yeah, yeah. you know, we we went out and played with friends. With you know, I remember you know having the bikes and you know I would just go on go out for the day and I'd do probably 30, 40 miles when I was sort of 15, 16 years old and not even think about it and you know I'd be meeting up with friends and then we'd be racing to each other's houses and um, yeah that's where it, I, probably it wasn't a passion in terms of you know watching it on TV or yeah. things like that at a very young age it was more just a love for you know getting on the bike and riding as fast as I could yeah. you know, to a certain place and little did I know where we'd probably you know you know follow up so yeah. I think at that age it's the freedom it gives you doesn't it you know, once you've got a bike, you can go miles and miles away and, and get back in time, can't you? It's, it's um, yeah, so it's that freedom that it gives you. Mm. And I think I, I, that's why I have such fond memories of growing up and, you know, 
I remember going to trips with my dad to the Lake District and we went with friends as well. And, you know, there's, there's lots of happy memories of, of doing the cycling. And, you know, we used to have regular, regular um, weekdays that we used to go with my dad after work and do a certain mountain bike route. So, yeah, yeah it was. It was the freedom and, I guess, the fitness. And, and that was sort of the byproduct of, you know, the other stuff that I was doing as well. So, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. So how did that develop into multi-sport then? What was the pathway? Yeah, so I guess things I mean, I'm 41 now, uh, 42 next year. So um, those times that we're talking about will probably seem quite a way away, but it was, you know, they're still quite vivid in terms of memories. But in terms of me getting into multi-sport, um, it probably started around 2010. So I, whilst that wasn't the start of multi-sport, it was the start of my doing quite extreme challenges. Right. So I did Johnny Gross to Land's End in 2010, um, which uh, we did over seven days. So it was a... Um, my granddad at the time had just been diagnosed with Parkinson's and there was a, a guy called James Bothorpe. Um At the time, he held the record for cycling around the world and holding the third fastest time. He was a bit crackers, um, but he was fundraising and doing things for Parkinson's. And mm. I think his granddad had it as well. So we paid him like £150. He said, meet us up at uh, John O'Groats and we'll supply everything, look after you, you know, accommodation and everything. So, um, yeah, we, we started that. Little did we know that we had to power our tents up and, mm. you know, the end of doing 160, 70 yeah. miles a day. But, you know, we did that in seven days and it was an incredible, you know, feat to do at, at that time for me in terms of where I was with my fitness. But that was sort of the catalyst for, you know, me wanting to look at how I get into that multi-sport. And I spent 18 months training them for, well, I, I did my first uh, triathlon, which was an Ironman, which was Bolton in 2012. That was your first. So I didn't mess about. I just went straight. To I was going to yeah. say that's like that's brave, isn't it? <laughs> that's... Yeah, it, it was, and it was. In some ways, it was. I didn't have the experience of that multi-sport discipline. I'd done a bit of swimming when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I talked about my cycling a bit, which I, you know, something that I've always done, and you know, progressively felt like you know that's that's something that plays to one of my strengths. And the running has always been something that I've probably struggled with. Mm. Um, but I worked on that quite a bit, and yeah, just went straight into it and, and did it. And uh, yeah, it was I mean, again, the whole training process and leading up to that was 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 great, and what I loved, and having that big challenge of working towards it. And you know, the goal for me at the time was just to finish it, which I did, yeah. um, just under around fourteen hours. And um, but it was just the experience that it gave you; it was just just incredible. And it, you know, the people who you meet along the way, and the training that goes with it, and the atmosphere on the day, it's just. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 just a, a brilliant, brilliant experience. So, what made you just go straight for an Ironman? Then, what was the the thinking behind that? Was it just you want you done you done the long cycle? You just wanted a, another big event? Was that it? Yeah, it was more of a challenge, and I probably didn't think of um, anything else outside of doing a shorter distance or yeah. middle distance or building up to it. I'd done John Gross to Land's End in two thousand and ten. The coast to coast in uh, 2011, and just with it being an Olympic year, you know, I was lucky enough to run with the Olympic torch as well. And um, at that time, Mum was um, diagnosed with breast cancer, so I decided to do, I guess, the Ironman and you know a few other things to try and raise money for yeah. that as well. So it yeah. kind of went hand in hand with what I was doing. But I guess what I tried to do is always have some big challenges and goals yeah. to focus on, and that for me, that's been a big part of the training that I do on a day-to-day -day basis, yeah. knowing that I've got that in goal. Yeah. Um, 
been a bit different in 2020. <laughs> yeah. One race, but it's, you've got to love the training to be able to. I think so, and yeah. I think I always say this: it's you know, it's a lifestyle um, rather than just you know people who do this for the long the long haul. It, it's it's what they do. It's like other people going down the pub or playing golf or you know, it just becomes part part of your life, and it it's all encompassing, isn't it? Really. Um, yeah, I agree, and I, and I think that's you know the the challenges. Uh, uh, you know, it can be the races and the events that you do, but it's the big part of, I guess, you. as time goes on for me, I try and set bigger challenges, and the training then has taken me towards those bigger challenges, and yeah. um, I guess it's gone from a, you know, still the enjoyment level, but it's, for me, probably taking it a little bit more seriously, still having that, that you know, the fun element to it, but um, you make those lifestyle choices to try and encompass everything, you know, to do as well as you can. Yeah, yeah. What was the next race that yeah, you went so to? We, the next race that I did was probably just a combination of um, short distance uh, races, which were local to me. Yeah. So it was more the big challenge that I did, and then yeah, for a couple of years, I guess that you know with work that was pretty busy, um, and yeah, it was a case of just doing the shorter events and more going to the gym more than anything else. But I guess it it started to build up again back in 2016, mm. um, and that's where things probably got a little bit more serious in terms of. The, the training that went with it um, and the goals that I was then starting to set. So um, I did the Sundowner, which is a local event to us near Pocklington at Alifor. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I mean, around there, you know, it's super flat as well. So yeah. if you're looking for a PB in a really good time, whatever yeah. distance, it's, it's really good. Um, so yeah, I do Alifor, do do Driftfield. But I guess the, I then set myself another goal to think, right, how could I maybe look to go a bit further into the triathlon side of things I was doing? Um, you know, probably four or five triathlons a year um, mm. on the shorter distance. Um, and as part of the tri club that I was member of back then, um, there were some guys that were, I guess, really, really strong and, you know, racing, competing for Team GB at the age group level as well. So that's yeah. when um, I sort of set the challenge and thought, right, I've got Sundowner, which is 70.3, um, and I'll go and see if I can qualify for the um, Ibiza European Champs, which was the following year. Yeah. So I did that race in 2017. Yeah, then the European Champs was in 2018, so yeah, I did that and got the times that I needed to just, um, hmm. I think the qualification for the Europeans was at 20%, it had to be within the winner, um, and yeah, there were some really strong people on the day, I think it was, uh, um, is it Brian Fogarty, he was there as well, he absolutely blitzed it, and he was, there were some really good times that were posted, so I finished, I think it was 18% of, of my age group winner, hmm. which then gave me a year then to train really for the aqua bike that I did. Yeah. Um, Is that what you qualified for? Yeah, it was. Um, so what made you go for the aqua bike? So I guess the, uh, I guess for me the, the, the cycling's always been the strong point. Yeah. I swam when I was when I was younger. Yeah. Um, running's probably always been the limiter. Right. And it's not until the last sort of eighteen months to two years that um, I guess by getting a coach, I've, I've changed that a little bit. But I guess running up to there, running wasn't particularly my strong point, and it was the inaugural event that they did of the aqua bike, and it was just a great opportunity to play to my strengths, exactly. the, the biking yeah. in particular, um, yeah. and the swim as well. And um, I, would I have qualified for maybe some of the other races? Potentially not. Um, yeah. So it was just a great opportunity to, I guess, progress on, and, it, and I guess it's gone from there really. Yeah. So. It was a you were in a club, and is that how you found out about the whole um, age group and GB uh, scene then? Yeah, it was. We um, with a club. It's not um, it's not carried on at the moment. So it's, it was with Yorkshire Vikings, right? Um, 
which was run by uh, by a local sort of group of people. Um, but yeah, that that isn't um, that isn't running anymore. Yeah, that's where we had some really strong athletes who we still keep in touch with and, and you know train with. I trained one of the guys on uh, on Monday. Um, yeah, we did a thirteen k run at, at six o'clock in the morning. So <laughs> yeah, still sort of collectively training with uh, with some of those people. But that's how I got to know and I guess to understand the process a little bit of you know what what times you need to do and yeah. what fitness you need to be at, and what training goes into that, and the times you need to do and how you go through the process and. You know, I guess for me, it's not something that you can just think, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that and try and do it in three to six months." It's a for me, it's a bit of a journey and an evolving process. That you know, that I guess I look back from where I was a year ago, even doing the qualifier at Sundown for for the European Championships and where I am now, where the others' aspirations are. It's yeah, it's a bit of a journey more than anything else. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I mean, you're always progressing, aren't you? And that's the that's the thing. It doesn't matter what level you get to. There's always that point where you want to try and go even further. You qualify like you've done rightly is look at your strengths and qualify for that race with using that using those strengths. Um, and then you know if you want to qualify for a different type of race, then you've got to build on your weaknesses, aren't you, to to try and get that and achieve that goal. So it's it is what it is, isn't it? It's, yeah, absolutely, and I, and I, I think. When you put the work in as well for that, you know, for that race. So if I take um, the European Championships, I came tenth in my age group. Yeah, and, that's really good. You know, I was I, I was quite shocked when I did that, but I, I felt I, I had a strong swim, but I was really happy with the performance I did on the bike. And I guess the one thing I've been able to do is build on my run aspects as well. So yeah. next year or this year, I did have uh, two or three seventy point threes planned, but obviously right. I was only able to do one of them. So I've got another one uh, planned for next year, which mm. hopefully that'll that'll go ahead in May. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the evolution of it. You did, I guess I'm really starting to focus on the run now and I've got some real momentum with that. Yeah. Um, so whilst I'm qualified for the Aquabike next year uh, yeah. for the World Champs, we'll see what happens with that Yeah. in terms of uh, the future and how the running goes. Yeah. Touch is it's going all right at the yeah, moment. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, it's, it is. It's just about working on your your weaknesses, isn't it? And, and improving those because, like you say, you've, you've, it sounds like you've got the, the swimming and the biking it's there, isn't it? Or thereabouts. If you're qualifying for aqua aqua bike, then it's it's there, and it's just working on that that weakness, isn't it? And yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think as well, you you know, I've got. If I look at I talked before about the eighteen percent that I came within on that that twenty percent that you needed to for the European yeah, yeah. champs. You know, that was sort of nearly two years ago now. Um, I got an email this week to say that I qualified for the world champs. Um in Almira, in yeah. Holland, for next year, yeah. uh, to do the aqua bike. Cool. And the times that I submitted, I was sort of 4% within the, the age group winner. Yeah. So it shows that, I guess, from, you know, only just making it before, you've yeah. got to be within 15% on the yeah. on the world champ. So I guess it gives me confidence in that time that potentially I could have qualified for a, maybe, you know, distance with the, or discipline with the running. But, mm. um, yeah, I've got a 70.3 in in, in May, which I'm working towards, so that's that's the priority there, and yeah. then go on to the world champs. And, and again, there's there's no rush, is there? There's no rush to you know take your time and improve and get better on on the discipline uh, that you need to, and keep the others keep the others in check and don't lose anything in there, and it'll be you'll be yeah. you know you'll be there there or thereabouts. So I'm sure you will. And just yeah. I think it's just enjoying it, isn't it? And enjoying all the. Uh, the incremental gains that you can get along the way because it doesn't especially running i think 
doesn't come overnight. It's I think it's one of the well, swimming's quite hard because it's technical, but running it's just a lot of people just don't like running, do they? <laughs> and if you don't like running and you've got that block against it, then it's it's a hard thing to conquer. Um, yeah, and I think as well the the one thing that's that's really helped me is um, eighteen months ago I got a coach, and I guess prior to that I was just training, you know, whenever I could, yeah. however I would. There was no structure to it. Yeah. I'd be doing one hundred and fifty miles one week on the bike and. 20 the next week mm. uh, I was doing some swims some weeks and then not doing them for another week and yeah. what having a coach has done is clearly identify those goals that I've got yeah. um, and then work on that training element and I don't have to think about that no. the only thing I have to think about is on a weekend when I've got my my you know the training that's being downloaded for the week and I just move it to accommodate you know what's happening with work with family yeah. so that I can get the training done that I need to yeah. um, one thing that's that's really helped me um I guess from a running perspective is that I was always, um, I guess the, the problem I had was I would go out for a run and I'd go off too quick mm. and I would then end up pulling up and popping a calf and yeah, then being yeah. frustrated. Yeah. And, you know, that would be a regular occurrence right. and it would be over months and there'd be a, a big source of frustration there. And what I've adopted is a, something that my coach introduced to me was was uh, running at a math heart rate. Yeah. So I do I, it I myself. It quite a bit on, yeah, I do, yeah, I do it, yeah. And it's and incredible, it's, it's, isn't it? It's, there's just so many benefits to it. Yeah. Um, and it's taken my running to a whole different level. Yeah. Um, you know, I can run 15k, you know, uh, for me, a steady steady pace and, you know, feel comfortable at the end of it. And it's yeah. just, I'm not getting that, I haven't had the calf pull for 18 months now. Yeah. Um, coupled with building, I guess, that strong framework, yeah. and strength and conditioning as well, it just, it really, really helps. And in this time of year, I'm not doing any of that high interval stuff. It's all about just yeah. those math miles of building that aerobic engine and, um, yeah, trying to get as strong as I can do, really. Yeah. I just think it's fascinating on, on the math where you're running at your heart rate and you're seeing your pace going up, you know, it, yeah. over, and it can be over. I mean, I've just got back into running after a calf strain, funnily enough. Right. Um, yeah. Same, same problem. Um, yeah, and just seeing that you you were at a certain point and you've lost that, and then you back up, and your pace just grows and grows and grows and grows, and you're still running at the same. For me, it's it's 120, and and my pace is just going up and up at 120, yeah. and it's just it's fascinating, it's amazing how it, how it works, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, and I think running at that pace as well because it's relatively comfortable. Yeah, you can work on other things like your form. Yeah. So I, I'm concentrating more on not being out of breath as I was before, mm. I'm now focusing on my shoulders, keeping them relaxed, my head position, yeah. um, you know, my, my my hips and getting feelings that I've never had before in terms yeah. of the movement that I've got and, and things like that and yeah. feeling the core and just trying to feel relaxed through it as well. And, yeah. you know, those kind of things from a technique perspective are, I guess, really important as well for, for running because the harder you run, the more your body tenses up That's and right. it's, it's not yeah. sustainable. Especially so. in a race scenario as well, if you can take that over to your race, not the math running itself, but how you are actually physically running and remember yeah. that and get it ingrained in you when, when you're on your longer runs, it's it's probably invaluable, isn't it? But yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, but that's been a big thing for me. So what's your, what's your training regime at the minute now? You've got a coach and... He's putting a plan together. Obviously, you don't have to think about it, which is brilliant. So, what what type of training are you doing? Yeah. So, typically for me, I'm probably training thirteen to fifteen hours a week. 
Um, I'm doing on average probably two to three swims a week, yeah. so two to three hours um, in the pool. Um, I'm probably doing three uh, sessions on the bike, so I'll do that on Swift mm. a week. So um, probably tend to do some shorter 45 minutes to an hour sessions during the week, and then some of the longer endurance um, rides on a weekend. So anything from it could be an hour and a half to up to three hours on yeah. Swift. Um, and then for the running, um, again, at the moment, I'm just doing a lot of math work, but I'm doing sort of some fartleks in there, some other interval works mm. and strides and um, just keeping, I guess, probably a little bit like that polarised 80-20 mm. um, of doing that as well. So yeah. the majority of it is keeping it at a steady pace, but then throwing in some of those intervals as well. So, yeah, probably 13 to 15 hours. And, and then I'm also doing quite a bit of strength and conditioning. So I love the start of a new season when you finish one and then coming into another one. Um, and I, every year, so when it gets to sort of October and you've had the, the off-season, um, I've really made an effort with the strength and conditioning. So even on the door handles here, you know, I've got the, the, bands. the bands here. So during the, <laughs> yeah. during the working day, you know, I'm sort of you know, doing loads of different exercises yeah. and rotator cuff. And um, yeah, just to, really focusing on that strength and conditioning because that's if you've got the right framework, it's all right having these goals and wanting to do all the training and everything. But if your body's not, you know, in a good position to, to do what you wanted to do, then it, you know it's struggling. But that's something that I really, you know, the last sort of two or three months, I've really put a big emphasis on, and it yeah. seems to be paying dividends so far. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that having that coach is the really gives mm. that structure. Um, say again, do you want to give him a shout out or her a shout out? Your coach? Yeah, so it's, well, it's Simon Ward. He's a triathlon coach, right? So he's um, yeah, he, he just he's great. He um, he does similar to you. Does uh, really good podcasts. Um, so he's yeah, he has quite a few. Um, sort of he's had Alistair Brownley on there, but he he takes an approach of not just triathlon training. Now yeah. it's very much around, I guess, you being um, as a human the best version that you can be in terms yeah, yeah. of getting yeah. the best out of your performance. So you know, from a nutrition perspective, your training, your racing, your, your uh, mentality, your, you know, your framework that you've got, everything. So. Mm. Um, yeah, he's you know he's just really good. Ever so often we'll put you know one to ones in and just have a catch up in terms of where you are with the training and how things are going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that, that's probably been the one thing for me. I've seen a real big benefit from from having a coach and that structure. Yeah, takes you to the next level. Yeah, it does. It does, and it's it's a balance as well. I mean, you, you know, doing those 13, 15 hours a week when you're still working full time, mm. and you know, you've got a partner, and I've got two kids as well that are twelve and thirteen. And, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of early starts um, in trying to get that in. But the great thing is with that training as well, they do some of it with me. Yeah, well, so, I, I, I gathered from your your messaging and your email that they're um, really keen in in doing the triathlons as well, which is fantastic as a family. Yeah, so they've they're 12 and 13 now, and they've done 40 triathlons yeah, between them. So they, cool. they they started when they were seven and eight, um, and they're just incredible. You know, they they just no fear and they just go after it yeah. and yeah they just really really enjoy it and that's the beauty about you know all the other kids that do it at their age group you know it's fun and it's yeah, yeah it's competitive and they want to win but yeah. it's just it's great life skills for them they keep Absolutely. them fit they keep them active they're making new friends and you know they're getting that that mindset which is you know just doing your best because yeah. there's a lot to think about for a seven and an eight year old when you're going and doing a triathlon it's bad enough for us <laughs> you know thinking right i've got a bag full of stuff and if yeah. we're going to Jiffield Triathlon, and we're, there's three of us racing. Yeah. You know, I've got three bikes and three, three of everything basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's good, and they're part of the training that we do as well. So it's 
you know, That's doing split sessions with them and going out for runs and stuff. It's good. Yeah. And what are the names? So it's Naya May, who's my eldest. She's 13. Yeah. And Kiara May. Um, so, yeah, I set them both up with little Instagram pages as well, just so that they could document the journey of what the every single triathlon that they've done. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's good, you know, for them to look back on in probably years to come to yeah. think, oh, I've done all these triathlons and hopefully it'll continue. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, they're hitting those teenage years now, so it's yeah, well. That's the that's the crux, isn't it? Other thing is going to pull them away from it. That's the, you know. And if it does, it does, doesn't it? And if not, whatever, you know. Yeah. They've got to, That's why I try and keep it fun. Yeah, that's the, that's the key thing, isn't it? You're going about all this kit and stuff. They probably don't even think about or bother about it. I would imagine. I know when um, my son finished playing football at six, 16, 17, I think he was. And then he he saw me and me and his mum were in tri- in a triathlon, so he decided that he was wanting to have a go. So like you, I had I had three bikes and three lots of kit to to think about, and and in the end, it got that stressful for me. I wasn't I wasn't stressed about my race. I was that stressed about getting everybody organised and making sure nobody forgot anything. That I said, right, I'm not doing this anymore. You race when you want to race, and I'll race separately, so I can actually look after you guys, and I, and then I can focus on my own races because it just got too much. <laughs> well, it's a double whammy because you've got all the prep, and you know, in a typical year, we'll probably between us, we'll do five triathlons together. So we'll, yeah. you know, maybe Castle Howard, it could be Driftfield, Allerfall, uh, Wakefield, all the ones in in the Yorkshire area. Yeah, uh, it's really well organised events, but you've got that stress of, I guess, getting everything ready. But what I find more nerve-wracking, and especially when they were younger, it's a little bit different now that they're a little bit older, but they're still young, is watching them diving into a lake. And, you know, with loads of other kids, and yeah. thinking, oh, my God, are they going to be okay? Yeah. Um, you know, and then coming out and, you know, watching them doing it and know that they want to do the best and yeah. willing them to, you know, do the best as well. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's more nerve-wracking actually being stood on the start line, competing yourself with it, you know, yeah. compared to watching them. Yeah, that's fantastic, though. Really good, really good. So... Hints and tips for anybody starting triathlon, multi-sport, not necessarily triathlon, but multi-sport, and also for people who would like to get into possibly the age group scene. Yeah, so I think in terms of like hints and tips for me, it's I guess it's important to understand what you what your goals are and what it is that you want to achieve. Um, it could be just a you know if you want to compete and do, and do a five k, but if you want to go and you know try and compete for you know, for, for Team GB in the age group, then I guess it's having those goals and just breaking it down then um, to understand exactly how it is that you're going to get there. So I guess from what I've done, you know, is looking at what, you, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, you know, what is it that you need to work on, but really trying to understand and, and do your research, look at the races that you want to do and look at the times that you need to do to qualify and break that down and look at what that means to you mm. um, and look at where you are versus those and it might it might you might be there um, if you're lucky enough yeah. um, but you might not be mm. and it might be a two-year process that you need to get there um, but I think understanding that gap and how it is that you want to get there you can set some real specific goals mm. and, and try and keep it realistic that's the that's the big thing otherwise you know to say you want to do something without doing the research before can and probably lead to not potentially getting there the first time round. Um, so yeah, that'd be the first thing is just understanding your goals and, and you know voicing those as well with I guess your, your family and your friends and making sure they come on you with the journey as well because it you know reference training thirteen to fifteen hours a week it's a lot and it's mm-hmm. a big commitment 
and you've got to have the support and everything else around you that is working together. So it comes back to that lifestyle choice of trying to get that work-life balance, trying to get the balance with the family and the kids' time as well, and planning out where you're going to be doing things and always making time for for that family as well. Um, yeah, the coach, I probably referenced it, but it just really, that, I used to spend weeks and weeks and weeks looking at Excel spreadsheets and saying what I was going to do here and what I was going to do then and, you know, the training that I would do. And, yeah, I would, I would literally spend forever doing it. And I don't have that worry or stress anymore. Mm. I've got a coach that puts the plan in place. All I have to do is worry about putting it in the week where, I know I can fit it in around my lifestyle and delivering those sessions um, and then seeing that progress. Um, so, yeah, having a coach is, is really, um, I guess, really important. And then, yeah, just that lifestyle, it's, yeah. that's, the, that's the big thing for me. You know, and have it as part of, while you've got that race goal, think about your nutrition that goes with that. Think about your body that you're trying to do to get the right swim that you've got and the, you know, improve your technique and, you know, how you get the right bike position on the bike and, you know, try and get more aero and push more watts out and, and things like that. Um, you know, pay attention to those little details as well that you can as well that make potentially the big the big differences as well. So much to think about. There is. There is a lot of things. Yeah. It can be quite overwhelming and, you, and that's why it's, you know, you've got to take it over a, yeah. it's a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you understand your goals and what you want to achieve and then sort of work on that plan and, you know, take the people who are closest with you and on that journey involve them and, you know, make that time so it's not impeding too much among the things. Mm. Um, you know, that's that's probably the most important thing. And oh. I've done with it. Yeah, great, great. Uh, what's your favourite piece of kit? Oh, it's got to be the bike. I did get some new trainers this week, which are the, the best trainers I've bought, but the bike has to be... Um, has to be, yeah, the favourite piece of kit. So I, I invested um, in a in a Scott Plasma yeah. um, RC Team Edition. So um, yeah, it's just a, a a dream piece of kit. I'm looking at it now. It's um, sort of <laughs> just be just behind me, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just perfect for it. I mean, I did, you know I spend it's a hobby of mine, and it's something that I invest in and want to do the best that I can do, so yeah. I had a Cannondale Synapse beforehand, a TT bike, and yeah, invested in this one, and it's, yeah, it's it's just made a massive difference to my performance as well, in terms of, you know, the, the time trials that I'm doing, and the, um, yeah, the races that I'm doing as well, so, cool. yeah, it's um, it's my third child, should we say. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to the future, hopefully we'll have a better, better racing season next year than than this year it can't be can't be anywhere surely. <laughs> uh, yeah. What are your short term and your long term goals? Yeah, so for me next year I've got um, uh, Ironman seventy point three Venice. Venice. So I've got that in the yeah, yeah. So that's a it should have been the first inaugural event this year. Um, and yeah, that obviously got cancelled. So uh, that's the next year now. Nice. So I've got that in May, the beginning of the year. Um, so that's that's the big one to go for, and I've got a time in mind that I want to that I want to go for. I, I did four hours forty at Shropshire, yeah. middle distance, um, and I, I guess the, you know that's what I want to do. And then I've obviously got the, the World Champs, which will be in in September. September, yeah. Um, I'll see you there. So great stuff. That'll be good. Be good to uh, meet you in person. So those are the two big races so far for next year. And then I'll probably yeah. do some. Um, we've got Yorkshire Man, which is a uh, they do a middle distance race. Um, up in up in Yorkshire as well, so I'll probably look at doing that along with some 
of the shorter distances. And the goal for me, I guess, I guess those are the short term ones for for next year. And it, for me, doing the Ironman next year in May in Venice is a bit of a gauge to see where I'm at versus trying to get to the world champs, yeah. 70.3. Yeah. Um, I talked about my running and how that's progressing, and um, I do feel like I've got a lot of momentum with that now. Um, I'm starting to love running and really enjoy it, whereas before it was, it was a total opposite. Mm. So, you know, in the back of my mind, it's to continue with the Team GB stuff, um, looking at maybe going into the middle distance mm. side of things there. Um, but then also from a 70.3, um, ideally with an aspiration of a... I guess I haven't really got a time in it because it's, it's one of those things that I just want to try and I yeah, know yeah. what I want to do and other times that I want to get to yeah. and it's it's breaking that down and making an inroad into that every every year. So yeah. if I can hit the times that I want to next year, then I'll be, yeah, I won't be far off, yeah. um, you know, trying to qualify for the, the 70.3 world champ. So that's the, I guess, the longer term goal Cool, cool. Um, for me. Yeah. Well, it's a process, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's And it's like you say, it's just chipping away if it if it doesn't work. This year it'll work next year or the year after because you'll just keep at it till you get there. So and that's I think that's the beauty of it for us for us all. Well, I need to keep going because probably one day the girls will be uh, chasing me and yeah, it'd be great if I could do a race with them at some point. Oh, that would be yeah, that would be amazing. I've seen a few you know a few dads and kids in the GB kits racing together and it's just like wow, you know that that must yeah. be a real buzz. Well, we're really lucky. Uh, I think it was at the beginning of this year we met up with Emily Young, who does. Uh, she's Emily's journal on uh, on Instagram, right. and she's originally from Hull as well. She lives down in London, but me and my youngest daughter Kia went to meet her, and um, yeah, she's um, she's uh, raced at Kona, uh, right. and she qualified for the World Champs, and she does a lot of ultra running, but. My daughter met her, and it just you know meeting I guess someone at the age of eleven yeah. who's a lot older and doing what she could potentially do was yeah. just a massive inspiration for her. So yeah. I know she's raced with her dad and done different marathons and Ironman races. So yeah, it would be yeah. if we're lucky enough, it'd be great to do something like that with them with them both in years to come. Yeah, well, you're only a young man, so the potential's there, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Cool. So uh, need to keep at it. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Well, that's a great story, and I think that's a, a really good place to leave it. Have you got anything else that you'd like to add? Or No, I don't think so. Um, just, I guess you probably referenced it before, that there's, you know, multi-sport and the world of triathlon can be maybe a bit intimidating. Some people who we do it, you know, who know that we do it probably think we're a bit crazy, but I think there's just a whole source of information that you can go on YouTube and look at. And, yeah. You know, whether it's looking at Lucy Charles or Lionel Sanders or the Brownlee brothers, um, there's just loads of different things out there that you can get so many, you know, much information about the mm. sport and, and things like that. So, yeah. no, I, I use a lot of that just for, yeah. you know, even if it's techniques or tips and things like that on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Um, or just watching other people's stories as well. Yeah, and that's, you know, this is it's the beauty of this for me because I, you know, I speak to people like you and get inspired by your stories and everybody always brings something to the party you know that I, I probably haven't thought about you know and it's just meeting this this fantastic family that we've got of multi-sporters and it's just it's so good it's just it gives me such a buzz and I'm like you I'll, I'll watch a lot of stuff on YouTube and and listen to loads and loads of podcasts about it and you know it's and that's one of the reasons that inspired me to start this one and just um Give something back to the sport, really. So yeah, but yeah, That's thanks, uh, thanks again for coming on. 
and hopefully we can catch up face to face in Almere. If our races collide, you'll be doing the aquathon. They usually they usually spread them over a, a few days, so I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to keep in touch, and um, hopefully we'll get to get to meet up. I think the plan will be to get the ferry, so uh, yeah. yeah, we'll get it from Hull, so yeah, we'll not be too far away from there. But I think we're towards the end of the week. I think it's either the Saturday or the Sunday, but yeah. plan will be to get there a few days before anyway. So oh, okay. yeah, it'd be good to do that. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a good Christmas, and um, yeah, thank you again for for doing this. And... Oh, that's fine. Oh. Thanks for the time, it's been good. Great stuff. Well, thanks for your time, Rich. Yeah, let you get on. All the best. And Cheers, Paul. Good luck with the house move. Yeah, All and right, you, take mate. Care. Take care. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, I really enjoyed that. Um, some fantastic uh, thoughts from Paul there about the evolution of his training and also nice to see that he's putting some um, thought while we have this bit of downtime into his um, technique and also another fellow math runner um, nice to hear that it's working for him and it's great to see that it's in the family and his two daughters are um, into it as well and it's going to return a pair of them out and got 40, 40 triathlons, which is phenomenal. So keep your eye out for his kids. You never know. They might be the next Lucy Charles. Um, and you can all show that you heard it here first. So thank you once again to Paul. Much appreciated. Well, again, as, as all the triathletes and multi-sporters that come on, we'll be keeping a, an eye on his progress and hopefully we'll bump into him at some um, age group event over the coming years so once again thank you for listening and if you'd like to send us an email and get in touch you can email us at agegroupmultisportpodcast at gmail.com you can find us on instagram at amp underscore 1967 follow us on facebook at ampgb you can find us on youtube at ampgb and at our website which is agegroupmultisportpodcast.buzzsprout.com so that's episode 19 wrapped up we'll see you for episode 20 and just remember stay safe keep training and love the process